Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 101, behind-the-scenes look at complicated podcast episodes. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. This is a how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And this 101st episode of the Audacity to Podcast is sponsored in part by GoToMeeting with HD Faces. And I'll tell you more about them in just a moment. But recently, if you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen to the 100th episode of the Audacity to Podcast over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 100, 100. Interesting little tidbit. I had to test to make sure my special linking system I'm using so that I can do slash 100 because I'm not just using Pretty Link. Actually, I use Pretty Link Pro, but I'm not just doing Pretty Link. So I had to make sure that this whole HT access and 301 redirect system and everything could handle a three-digit number because I realized as I was getting close, it's like, oh, I should check this. I'll figure out if I need to ever worry about handling a four-digit number if any of my podcasts will last into four digits. So that really depends. That's a long ways from now. But anyway, go back and listen to the 100th episode where I shared these 100 tips from you guys, you amazing listeners and amazing podcasters. The tips were from other podcasters, from listeners who shared tips that they wished other podcasters would do. It was fantastic. It was amazing. These other podcasters are having success in so many areas, and these are their their tips that they gave to contribute to the 100th episode. So I'm hugely grateful for all of those tips. And they are fantastic tips, too. And check out all of the podcasts that are linked there. In the show notes, you can go and see every tip, who it came from, and their podcast if they have a podcast or a website. So check out those people. Thank them for their support. Go listen to their podcast too. There were so many great ones there. And so I want to take you on a behind-the-scenes look at that episode because I've gotten several emails from people asking, how did I do that? How did I coordinate that? Or some emails from people saying, wow, that must have been complicated. (laughs) It was complicated. So I thought, This would be something good right after I've shared this to share with you a way that you could manage something like that or a little bit more of my experience. Now, in this, you're going to hear me say a lot in the first person. I did this. I did that. I didn't do this. I should have done this. That's because this this is totally my experience with this. So I want you to learn from my experience a behind the scenes look at how I did this and You can learn from this. You'll learn from some of my mistakes that I'll share, and you can learn from some of the things that I thought I did that worked well, and I'm glad I did, and some of the things I wish I didn't do or did differently. So before I get into that, though, I want to tell you something I believe about. I believe that to be successful in business, you really need to be able to communicate with the people you're working with. I mean, that's like, duh, but some people forget that. And I believe that to communicate effectively, it needs to be face-to-face with your clients and colleagues and coworkers. But is that possible very often? Many times it seems like 
It's not possible because you've got people in all kinds of places all over the world, and it makes it so hard to discuss your plans and share ideas and see things come to life. But it is possible with GoToMeeting with HD Faces. This is a hugely simple way to meet with your clients, colleagues, coworkers, and collaborate with them in real time online. So no matter where they are, they can connect to your meeting. Even if they don't have an internet connection, they can pick up a phone and dial into your meeting. It's that simple and that thorough and powerful in how it works. Go to meeting with HD Faces, which is by Citrix, great company there. They make great products. Gives you and your team the ability to meet face to face with high definition video cameras and share and collaborate on documents, share a screen, share a presentation, share links with each other through a chat room, join phone calls into this. It is so easy and it really makes it great to be able to meet face to face with other people. And I believe that you can be a success by meeting face-to-face with other people. I love it because it's so easy to use, so quick, so efficient at what it does. And you can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Be sure to use the promo code PODCAST. GoToMeeting. Meeting is believing. Thank you, Citrix, for your support of this episode of the Audacity Podcast. Now, let's talk about what it was like managing this thing. Now, when I had this 100th episode coming up, first of all, and this isn't, uh, by the way, I'll have some of these notes in the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 101. But when I realized the 100th episode was coming up, I wanted it to be something special. I mean, 100, that's a big number. It's three digits. <laughs> that's a big number for a podcast. Many podcasts don't make it past their seventh episode. I recently compiled a list of all of the Once Upon a Time podcasts and posted it on our Once Upon a Time podcast website over at oncepodcast.com. You can check out that list, by the way, oncepodcast.com slash podcasts. And when I compiled that list, I even saw how many Once Upon a Time podcasts did not make it past their first episodes. I would see an episode here, an episode there, something on YouTube, something on um, on Tumblr, something on a blogger site. And it was just one or two episodes, and that was it. So most podcasts don't make it past their first episode. Many, though do. And when you reach that a big milestone, make it something special. And so that's what I wanted to do with the Audacity podcast is the 100th episode being something special, not just a, hey, this is how I got here. This is what I did. This is what the Audacity podcast has done for me. This is a little history lesson. No, I wanted, now I did that. That was my, what was it? 80th? episode, 90th episode, something like that. I did share when it was the actual two-year birthday or anniversary of the Audacity to Podcast, I did share some of what the Audacity to Podcast did for me and how that could potentially inspire you to do something similar in like uh, what podcasting could do for you and how it's worked for me and what it's helped me accomplish in my life. So that was my two-year anniversary podcast. For my 
100th. I wanted it to be something special, something extremely valuable for you, the listeners. So I came up with this idea of 100 podcasting tips for the 100th episode. And I thought it worked pretty well. But boy, was it complicated. And my Once Upon a Time podcast over at oncepodcast.com is also very complicated because I receive so much feedback, so much stuff to try and incorporate, so many notes and all of this. So I thought it'd be good to help you learn a way. Now, by the way, that episode I was referring to, the two-year episode, was episode 84, how I talked about how podcasting led from a hobby to a dream. You can check that out at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 84. So here are some of the things I did well, I think, with planning that 100th episode. First of all, I planned ahead. I decided what I wanted to do for the 100th episode ahead of time. Figuring this out right after the 99th episode would not have worked. It would have flopped trying to collect 100 podcasting tips in just a few days. That would not have worked well. So I had to plan ahead, decide exactly what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, or for the most part, how I'm going to do it. Then I also requested the feedback, the podcasting tips early and often. Keep that in mind. Whenever you want feedback from people, request it often. And if you have something big coming up, request it early. So when was it when I started talking about the 100th episode? I think it was about episode 84. I started talking about the 100th episode and saying, send in your tips. I sent out a couple emails to my email subscribers. You can join that list, by the way, over at theaudacitypodcast.com, where I send out podcasting tips straight to your email box. I will not spam you. Don't worry. I might occasionally mention a product that I think might be useful to you, but you won't be spammed or privacy infringed or anything like that. But I sent it out early and often. If I just asked several weeks ago for feedback that one time, that would not have been good enough because listeners might skip an episode, they jump in along the way, they forget, anything like that. Really, listeners need to hear things several times for it to start kicking in and be memorable. Like, how many times have I had to spell things for you to remember how to spell it? Like certain things, like maybe my Twitter name, The Ramen Noodle, or certain things, uh, the web address. How many times did it take you to hear? Or just look at commercials on TV. How often do they repeat the phone number or the website address? They repeat it at least, or they say it at least three times so that you will remember it better. So when you need something from your listeners, feedback, whatever, request it early, request it often. With our comedy podcast over at cleancomedypodcast.com, we've decided that an upcoming episode will be about funny camping stories. So I requested that not one episode in advance, but at least two episodes in advance to let people know we're going to do this. And in fact, the way I'm going to do it, that is we will tell some funny camping stories which will inspire our listeners more and give them more opportunity to send in theirs. So I requested that feedback early and I requested it often in every episode. I was excited about it, excited about what was coming and reminded everyone that I needed podcasting tips and what kind of rules those tips needed to follow. Then 
when I received these tips and I was editing these things, in Audacity, I created Audacity Chains, which I talked about in episode 95 of the Audacity podcast, Audacity Chains that help you save time in Audacity, and that uh, you can chain these things together, actions or little scripts that you can run. They're really easy to make. It doesn't require programming knowledge or anything like that. But I made a couple chains for what I was doing that was repetitive with editing podcast feedback. Like every voicemail I received, what I would do is I would compress it or I would first squash it into mono because some files were stereo, some were mono. But I want everything to just be mono, just make it easy to manage. So I pushed it, I mixed it into mono, and then I would normalize it. Then I would run Chris's dynamic compressor on it, and then I would renormalize it. Now, I don't normally do that uh, normalize, compress, normalize, except on feedback, because feedback is a lot less predictable on volume levels than what I record. So I did that uh, multi-step process. So I created an action for that. More than just creating an action, I'm sorry, a chain for that, is I also customized keyboard shortcuts that I would need for this. So instead of always having to go to the file menu and choose apply chain and then pick the chain and then edit... I figured out keyboard shortcuts. I set up on my computer, which is a OS X Mac computer, I set, a, set up Command-Control-X to be my keyboard shortcut for chains. That's what it is right now. I might change that later again in the future. But So I could just open a file, press Command-Control-X, and then my chain, whichever chain I used most recently would be selected. So I press tab and space bar, and then it would apply that chain right away to my audio that I had in that project. And so that worked really well for managing that for me. But I also made a keyboard shortcut for anything else I would run, like my normalization. There were some things where I decided this just simply needs to be normalized. Their voice, their audio doesn't need to be recompressed. All I need to do is normalize this to minus one is my level that I normalize things to. So I had command shift L be my normalization. And why L? Well, because every time I think of normalization, I actually think of leveling. So in my mind, I just thought, well, command shift L works. And also pretty much anything with an N in it is already taken in Audacity. Command N or control N on Windows, shift N, control shift in all of that pretty much all of them are taken so i just thought l i level things out or level it to a certain level works well so these keyboard shortcuts and the chains really helped me run through these things a whole lot faster that's what episode 95 was about creating chains in audacity in order to speed up your workflow and do things repetitive things a lot faster and that helped me a lot with all of these files because i had about 85, when I was finished filtering them out, I had about 85 different audio files. So this made it a lot faster to manage these things. Then I had a master guide for all of these podcasting tips and the feedback in a draft post inside of WordPress. These would be my show notes. So I could go ahead and format them the way I needed them to be insert the links I needed to be there. So it would make it a lot quicker to publish when I was finished. 
writing my show notes directly into WordPress uh, work really well because I also don't have to worry about formatting if I carry it over from Google Docs or from Workflowy, which Workflowy, by the way, new tool that I'm using, and I really like it for managing lists. Not so much for writing podcast show notes, but sometimes preparing podcasts. Workflowy is working really nice. You can use my referral link for that at theaudacitypodcast.com slash workflow e and that's a y at the end workflow and the letter y the audacitypodcast.com slash workflowy and i'll have this link in the other links i've mentioned in the show notes at the audacitypodcast.com slash one zero one so then i used those show notes that were in wordpress as my master guide i had it all numbered using just wordpress numbering system so i could easily move things around and so i could see I'm on number one, I'm on number two, on number three. Now, if you watched me do the show live, then you might have noticed I messed up my numbering here and there because I realized, oh, I moved something, but I didn't fix the numbering here. Or So that will tie into one of the things I wish I did differently, which I'll cover those in a moment. But have something like that as a master guide, and it can really help you, especially if that master guide is already for you, uh, written for you inside of WordPress, it makes publishing your episode a whole lot better. So since that was in WordPress, all I pretty much had to do once I finished recording the 100th episode is make my quick edits, export it, convert it to MP3, and then upload it And my show notes are almost done. I just had to write a few extra things, correct a few things here and there, and publish. So it made it so much easier to do that. Along with that, the document, my WordPress draft post was my master guide, but then I also numbered my files since I had all of these audio feedback files. I numbered them and named them very simply instead of trying to name them based on what the tip was. Because my soundboard app, which is soundboard, it's from Ambrosia, it's for OS X, um, my soundboard app does not display a whole lot of text for each um, sound that I drag into it. And in fact, it doesn't hold a whole lot of buttons. It only holds 32 buttons per panel, I guess you could say. So I made multiple panels, dragged my podcast uh, feedback into these multiple panels, and then that's how I played the different feedback. So I numbered my files though, so I could make sure that the number I was looking at and was about to play was the number in my master show notes as well. Or you could use Google Docs for this too. I like it in WordPress because it's very simple for publishing later. And then naming them simply because I just named them the person's name because that was enough for me to see how that tip lined up with my master guide, my notes. Although some people like Max Flight, John Wilkerson, uh, David Jackson, um, and, a, and a few others sent in multiple tips, it just having their name was enough that as I spread things out, it was easy to know, yes, that lines up with that, so that's fine. If I numbered them and named them in a more complex way, it could be a lot harder to do this because... You know it's like working with long file names on a computer. Although it works, sometimes it doesn't work well. Where the file name doesn't display fully, it gets cut off, all of that. So that's why I numbered them and named them very simply. 
I also, in my master guide, I summarized everyone's feedback. Some feedback, or most of the feedback I received was audio form. Some of it was written form. Some of it, they sent me their tip as written form along with their audio form. So what I did is I summarized everyone's tip. I thought, how could I make their tip in general about the length of a tweet? So a single tip tip could be tweeted. I put that there and made sure I got their names and their spelling right and verified their links. Some of them said their web addresses like, hi, this is Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast.com. Some of them might've just said, hi, this is Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast. And my tip is, so I went and checked their links, searched for it. And in a couple cases, uh, I had to email them back and say, uh, what was your actual link? I heard the name of your podcast, but I can't find your site. So I verified their links, included it in all of this. That way, again, it made it really easy when I published this, that it was thorough. It was very helpful for you, the listeners, to be able to see who sent these tips and connect with them. And it made it easy for me, again, to track along with this. So these are some of the things I thought that I did well in for the 100th episode. Let me tell you some of the things I didn't do so well that I really wish I had done differently. I should have sorted the feedback earlier as I received it. I am terrible. Well, actually, I'm really good at procrastinating. And so I waited a bit too long to actually start sorting the feedback and writing it into the show notes early as I'm receiving it. Because if I had done that, then I could have spotted duplicates earlier. I could have notified people saying, hey, your one and only tip was a duplicate. Would you like to give me something else instead? I could have verified certain information earlier, uh, spotted holes that I had here and there where something was just missing or where uh, the way I had to edit someone, it just didn't sound right. And so I could have asked them, hey, can you re-record this real quickly for me? So I could have saved some frustration there by doing things early. And so much of so many podcast frustrations can be so easily avoided by getting to them early and often. Anytime you have feedback for a podcast, it is it works so much better if you can try to sort and incorporate that feedback into your show notes early. I try to do this, and when I do this with any of my podcasts, I feel like I have better podcast episodes. I know uh, more easily what feedback applies to that episode, what I'm going to use. It's like placing the feedback on the map or on the on the timeline of what's going to get used, and then I end up using it. So if I'd done this earlier in the process, then I could have saved uh, the frustration of trying to organize these things. Like when I received multiple tips from several people, that was great, by the way, several tips from several people. But when I receive 12 tips, for example, I think I received 12, 12 tips from someone or somewhere around 10, I had to then figure out how can I space this out so It's not just this one person over and over and over and over and over again. I want to space these things out a bit more. So I would need to go through and say, okay, I need them in the uh, one through nine range, in the tens, in the twenties, in the thirties, in the forties, in the fifties, et cetera. 
So that meant moving things around a lot. And doing this early would mean I could just go through and say, okay, they sent me 10 tips. Tip one is number five. Tip two is going to go in 16. Tip three is going to go in 24. Tip And so on like that. I could have done something like that if I had approached it earlier instead of waiting until the last few days to work on it. Also, one of the tips that someone sent in was rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. That's what I should have done. I was a little bit leery about trying to play almost a hundred audio clips and read from a list of a hundred different things. I was concerned about might I confuse the numbering? Might I have mixed up something somewhere along the way, even though I was trying to be really careful and numbering everything and making sure it lined up to my master notes? But I still messed up when I was doing the recording. Now, if you listen to it from the download, then you didn't hear those mess ups because it was really easy to fix in that case. But I mixed up my numbering while doing this live. So if I'd rehearsed, then I would have realized, oh, that tip doesn't line up here. That doesn't line up there. Now, not every podcast you do requires uh, that you rehearse but I think definitely rehearse in certain small portions. Sometimes rehearsing can just be reading someone's feedback, getting familiar with their grammar or what they mean in certain places. Because, you know, even if if someone writes good grammar, then it can still be hard to read sometimes. A line break can throw you off and line breaks are unpredictable in di- the digital world. Or a certain word might be hard to pronounce. You might slip over a certain word here or there. uh, That Just sometimes your tongue is tied that day. So rehearse these things. Even just the pronunciation of their name or how you want to introduce their feedback. Rehearse these and it will go so much smoother in your actual podcast. So those two things... I think really, if I'd done those better, then so many of my frustrations with trying to do this 100th episode would have been completely eliminated just by simply going through the feedback early as I received it and rehearsing some of the information. For my other podcasts, especially my Once Upon a Time podcast, I receive a lot of feedback for the Once Upon a Time podcast. Uh, we're we're in the top podcasts in iTunes for Once Upon a Time. And so we receive a lot of feedback. Some of it's great, and I really want to incorporate it. Some of it's just opinions, like, oh, I really like this episode. I really thought this was funny, and this and this and that. And so I need to sort through this stuff and decide what are we going to use, what can we fit in, what fits in with an outline, what's relevant to this episode that we're going to talk about, this TV show episode. So sorting that early makes it a lot easier than just the day of going through and having 50 emails to try and figure out, oh, which one are we going to use? And oh, there are so many emails here. I don't want to go through all of these. Instead, going through it as I receive it, I receive the email, look at it. Yeah, this looks great. I'll put it here. That works so much better. So I hope that this inside look at this complicated podcast episode can help you out when you're doing complicated episodes. You might not be doing a hundred tips from a hundred different people. 
You might just be receiving a lot of feedback from people, or maybe you just have a lot of random ideas about different episodes or a single episode. Maybe you're just looking for a way that you could make your complicated episodes be a little bit simpler to manage and maybe end up doing some less post-processing or post-production when you've after you've recorded. So I hope this has been helpful for you. You can check out some of the links in uh, the outline that I shared with you in the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 101 and get those links that I mentioned. Also, check out podcastawards.com very soon. The nominations are closed, but the voting will start on November 1st. So that's 2012, that is. So for the seventh annual podcast awards, I'm really hoping that several of our podcasts have made it into the finalist positions. But regardless of what which of our podcasts have made it in, please look out for the podcast awards starting on November 1st. You can vote every day for your favorite podcast. So go there every day starting on November 1st. Vote for your favorite podcast, and I'd really appreciate it if any of ours made it in that you vote for us. I'll certainly come back and tell you which of ours made it in, and I'll also recommend what I will be voting for in different categories of the podcast awards. So you'll be able to check that out at podcastawards.com. I don't know yet if I will be going to New Media Expo in Las Vegas. I'm a bit back and forth on that. None of my sessions have been approved for it. But there are some other opportunities I have to be there, especially if I make it as a finalist in the podcast awards. And also, I might be heavily involved in some stuff with Tech Podcast Network over at CES, which is happening the same week as New Media Expo. But if you're going or thinking about going to New Media Expo, then please use my affiliate link and that will help uh, support maybe my efforts and maybe help pay for me to go, but it will help you get your ticket and the early pricing and discounts, well, they're starting to end very quickly. So you need to go over as quickly as you can to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash NMX, theaudacitytopodcast.com slash NMX, that stands for New Media Expo, and you can register for New Media Expo over there. And I'll have a promo code as well in the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 101. And that promo code will help you save a little bit more money on your registration for New Media Expo. And if you're going to CES, I'd love to see you there too, if I end up making it. But let me know if you're going to either of these conferences and we'll get to see. So, Check out the show notes for this episode. Please follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast to receive every episode automatically, please do that, especially in iTunes. And I'd love some ratings and reviews in iTunes. You can go to the audacity to podcast.com slash iTunes to leave some reviews there, especially if you're from Australia. I'd love some nice reviews from the Aussies down there, down under. Go to theaudacitypodcast.com for all of the other podcast episodes over there. Subscribe to the newsletter to receive podcasting and audacity tips delivered free in your email inbox. And also get the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 101. You can join me live when I record The Audacity to Podcast on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. 
That's currently GMT minus four, but we'll change to GMT minus five soon. And now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you for listening. The Audacity Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like you can learn to be productive from beyond the to-do list. You can theorize about the Once Upon a Time TV show from Once Podcast. You can laugh with our clean comedy podcast. You can build a Christian worldview from Christian Meets World. And we're bringing back Are You Just Watching? So check out our podcasts over there to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find the podcasts about all kinds of technology, medical technology, personal technology, blogging, video stuff, the, uh, gadgets, news, and so many things, iPads, iPods, Android phones, Windows phones, all sorts of things there. Find so much more about technology at techpodcasts.com.